Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living at Belle Vie. I am your host, Monday Young, international life and business coach. And today we are going to be talking about how to live a less ordinary life. And my guest to help us to figure out how can we move out of the mundane and into something more adventurous, creative, and exciting. We'll be speaking with Crystal Kinney, who is an American living in Paris. Um, She's an entrepreneur at heart, but her portrait and photograph business has exploded in Paris. But not only that, she has recently released her first book, a memoir about her life in Paris called A Less Ordinary, Ordinary Life. She loves connecting with other artists and creatives through her podcast, La Vie Creative. And so I'm so Crystal, thank you for coming to speak with us today about your less ordinary life. <laughs> thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Um, so me and Crystal, we have known each other for a little while now. And I'm always amazed at the at the energy this woman has to be so multi-talented. But before we we jump into all the wonderful things that she does, Crystal, I want you just to give us a little bit of background about you and where your expat stories sort of began. Yeah, sure. So I've lived in Paris for 10 years now. It feels weird saying that because I remember I was only going to come for a year originally and and I really thought it wasn't going to work out. I'm like, I'll just come for a year, have some fun and leave. And now like I've met my husband here and we have a little dog who drives me nuts. <laughs> your little and, baby. Uh, we have That's, our, your pre-baby. Our That's your pre-baby. That's your pre-baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good practice, good practice. Yeah. Um, and so I'm originally from Washington, D.C. I grew up just outside in a small town that nobody knows the name of. Um, and I was working there. I had started my photography business there, shooting weddings. And okay. Uh, working with a mentor and uh, I just had traveled here a couple times on vacation and I thought wow I really need to get back over there before I get stuck in America right I thought like I might get a husband I might get a house payment I might get all these things that put roots so I was like let me run away for a minute just have some fun and then come back Um, and that was that was 10 years ago and then the fun ended yeah. up in 10 to, to 10 years. Yeah, and I think that was kind of a net for myself, too, because I think so many people, myself included, it's really scary to make such a big change, to move abroad, not speak a language. And I think that by telling myself this is only a short amount of time, and um, if I mess up, I can just come it home, less it pressure. felt safer, you know. So that's why I think yeah, I was able yeah, to do yeah. that. And sometimes it's it's nicer not to have sort of a, like a defined plan because you put less pressure on yourself yeah yeah right for everything to be like this or I thought it was going to be like this by this time or this by this time if you have no idea what you're doing you have no expectations exactly (laughs) just don't know what you're doing ever and you'll feel really good about your life (laughs) that's actually great advice (laughs) don't have a plan So what what was it that made you finally put down roots in France what What was it that actually made that connection? Well, it was so hard when I got here. I think um, many people have probably told you this, and you probably know this yourself. It's a lot different vacationing in Paris versus living here. And I just thought, I'm going to jump around and live in different countries, different cities, not just stay in France. Um, But 
I quickly realized how hard it was. It was hard to learn a language. It was hard to make friends. It was hard to find a home, get a bank account. And I don't think Paris is the norm, you know? I think Paris is one of the hardest cities to immigrate to. So I think it kind of traumatized me, and I was like, I should just stay in (laughs) Thailand. Like all this trauma. So it was it was the trauma that made you yeah, say that. That's the trauma what it made me say. <laughs> I was taking a, I took a wine course the other day and um the woman said to me, she was like, Yeah, so how you make good wine is you stress out the grapes. The grapes need to be stressed, they need to be put in conditions that are difficult to make a better wine. And I was like, Wow, that kind of sums up my whole life in France. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of semi-stressed out all the time, but it pushes like, me. You are a good bottle of wine, yeah, honey. You're like, I'm a great bottle of wine. <laughs> because and I think the stress and the obstacles make you a better person. It makes you appreciate yeah, what you have yes. more, you know. And it is, and it is the thing that makes our life less ordinary is the challenges. Because if we just go along and we don't challenge ourselves your life just becomes a series of routines mm-hmm. and predictable things. And you yourself don't figure out um, your, what you actually are capable of, yeah. right? It's those things that push us outside of our comfort zone that gets us to our talent. So speaking of that, let's, let's talk about your talent. So I know you do photography and plus you've written a book. So how would you say that you got yourself? Because, you know, when you look online, you know, when people see people's images online about their life and lifestyle, they're thinking, wow, Paris, that's so great. Look, she's a photograph. She's written a book. Da, 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 da. So did it always start out so fantastic and everything was so great? How did you get up the confidence to start doing photography in Paris and to, and to start to, and think about writing a book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that you have to be really careful of social media because it's the highlight reel of everybody's life. It's only the best things and it can make people really depressed quite honestly. So, um, don't trust everything you see on the internet guys. Um, (laughs) it, it definitely, my story here was one of a lot of heartache. Like I arrived, I didn't have any money. Um, I was a nanny to four children. Um, They were very difficult children. I I love them today. They've grown a lot, but I had a six month old baby, a three year old, a five year old, and an eight year old. Uh, And I didn't speak. Were you like an au pair? I was an au pair. Yeah, I was a nanny. Okay. And uh, I lived with the family and it was like the easiest way to come to France because they give you a home. They help you get French lessons. And it was like a great starting point for me. Um, but it was hard. I mean, I would call my mom crying like every day being like, I think I need to come home. And like, they didn't speak any English and they didn't want to listen to me and my bad French. And and it was scary (laughs) because you're like, have these kids running through the streets of a city and you're like, if something happens to one of them, like I'm in charge. Oh my God. It's like so much responsibility. Oh gosh. Yes. I'm still, I'm still growing gray hairs from that. Um, and then, you know, I got through that year and I, I thought, like oh I'm not I'm not gonna stay here this place stinks I hate it here uh and then I met a Frenchman and uh that took me in a whole other like direction of wanting to stay for love and and then that blew up in my face (laughs) (laughs) as well uh so then I find myself kind of homeless with no money and not the correct visa (laughs) 
So um, it was like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, but I and so think, what? What made you not just quit and give up and go back? I think for me, it would have just felt like a complete failure if I didn't find a way to fix it myself. Like when all those things were happening, I was living in a hostel. I was trying to figure things out. Um, I didn't tell my parents anything because one, you know, they'll just tell you you to come home. And if they put that out there, maybe you're going to jump on that. And I was like, no, I want to figure this out. I want to try this. So I think that's why I appreciate everything I have today because I came from such a low point that uh, it, yeah. it really makes you appreciate what you have today. And and so I was able to get the ball rolling. And I figured out that once I stopped depending on other people, uh, right. I, like you said, you really figure out what you can do. Because I was very much a naive kind of a child when I arrived. I mean, I was 26 when I arrived. I wasn't that young, but I was still very yeah. childlike in my mentality. Uh, and just to have that growth to be forced into being an adult and being a woman and figuring things out, mm-hmm. it really helped me a lot to not depend on a boyfriend or my au pair parents yeah. or whatever. It yeah. kind of proved what yeah. I was capable of. And I think that gave me the confidence to keep going with my business, to write books, just talk to people. Because you quickly realize like you can't depend on anybody but yourself. Sure, sure. At the end of the day, yes. And, and one, I think it... And I think that's a, that's a, that's a thing that, cause you know, I work a lot with sort of trailing spouses and it's when, when we're not in control of the things that make us feel safe or give us the stability that we need, if someone else is in control of it, it kind of steals our confidence and it kind of makes us feel unsafe at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like, cause everything depends on what someone else decides for you. So getting back that self-autonomy, it's super empowering, I think, and gives you back your own self-confidence. And you know that no matter what happens, you can take care of yourself. Yeah, that's so true. And I, yeah, with trailing spouses, it's like you said, they're like completely out of control a lot of times because they're depending on whoever they're with. And uh, yeah. it was the same for me with being with French, a French man. I thought, okay, he makes the money. He's got the home. I have no control. I can't really, you know, say no to things yeah. because he has control of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's not the nicest place to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And you start doubting your abilities because you, you're not pushing yourself to get that control back or to, you know, at least have a say in how your life is going and, yeah, and, yeah. and what you want to do. So tell me, how did you get your photography business started in Paris? Did you just like, give me a little insight of how that, how you got that off the ground? Sure. So it was, um, 2012 when I arrived and it wasn't really until 2014 that I really started pushing to get my stuff going. Cause, uh, I wasn't a nanny anymore and I wasn't with that man anymore. So I thought, all right, let's, let's get this really going. Um, and the best thing that I did was networking. I reached out okay. to every expat group and I volunteered my services a lot in the beginning uh, just so they could see what I was capable of and uh, once you get in with one group they pass you around to all the groups and I really thought because my French was not good um, I really thought that was going to be my failing point because I don't speak French who's going to hire me but I worked with all the American expat groups and speaking English was the winning part of what I was doing because they wanted that. I worked with the Chamber of Commerce. I worked with the library. I worked with the American Friends of Musée d'Orsay. 
So these are all groups that mainly work with Americans as well, and they want that kind of right. American mentality. They want the English, and it really helped get the ball rolling. Um, and then I ended up working for other companies doing more vacation portraits, growing my own company. Right. But in the beginning, it really is just about volunteering and making people know you exist and, and showing yeah. them who you are. Yeah. You know, everybody, like, I always put that advice up in, like, articles and different stuff. And I know people are like, oh, volunteering. But I tell people, like, you don't understand, like, every country I've ever been in, to get myself my foot in the door to connect with people, to connect with the the community, to find my first jobs, it was always through volunteering and networking through networking through those volunteer organizations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really yeah. important. I think people underestimate the power of getting out there and volunteering and you just don't know who you're going to meet. There's so many kinds of people and people yeah. are have sort of been probably in the same situation as you and they're really eager to help. Yeah. 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 It's so true. And I was surprised by that because I didn't expect that. Uh, you know, when I was first putting myself out there, I was very nervous. I was kind of a shy person. I wasn't the type of person to just walk up to strangers and talk about anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the more that you do that, now it's just like second nature to me to talk to strangers. It's a big part of my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And so uh, at what part of your journey did you decide, I want to write a book? Mm, yeah, writing a book is something I wanted to do since I was a child. Uh, I had like a little diary I kept that I would keep stories yeah. and my mom read it one day and I was mortified and I never <laughs> wrote again. <laughs> um, but no, like reading and writing has been a huge part of my life for my whole entire life. And if anything, I think I really wanted to be a journalist growing up. I wanted right. to be a writer. But of course, everyone tells you you're not going to make money and it's hard and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but that's so everything, I, right? I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. But photography felt for some reason easier, even though you say you can't make money with that either. Um, but yeah, I've always wanted to write a book. And it wasn't until I, my father had always said, write the book, write the book. You're a writer, you're a yeah, writer. Yeah. Um, and then when I met my now husband, he saw how I lit up when I started talking about writing and right. my book ideas. And he's like, you're a writer. You've got to write a book. So I think it was really him was the final straw. And also right. the pandemic gave me the space to have time to do, to do it. it uh, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah that I... must have been that. Um, we'll talk about, about that a bit. But that must have been quite interesting how the pandemic cha- must have changed the trajectory of what was your, what was your, basically your, 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 how do you say money, bread, livelihood, your livelihood. Yes. With the photography, because that must've changed everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, my business completely shut down. I had no work and, uh, it was a strange feeling kind of a panic where you're like, Holy crap, what am I going to Honestly, I was very optimistic from the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, that's my personality. I'm like the glass is apple. And I remember talking. Where are you to from my again? Mom. Like, like some <laughs> middle middle America. It's like always oh, middle Americans yeah, exactly. are so optimistic. They're like oh. optimistic. And I remember my mom calling me when everything was going on in China in the beginning, and she's like, "This is kind of scary." And I'm like, "It's fine. That's a China problem." And then when we're moving into Europe, my mom's like, "Oh my God, they're closing the borders." I'm like, "It will be." two months maximum so i think i was just very optimistic yeah yeah and naive and um 
And actually, um, when before, right before they closed the borders, me and my husband flew to Mexico to shoot a wedding. Right. So when they closed everything, we were actually in Mexico and Cancun. And um, the year before the pandemic was my busiest year ever. So I had saved a lot of money. Nice. And then they closed everything. And I was scared, but at the same time, I was like, oh, my God, like, I can rest. It actually oh, was nice. okay. a really relaxing year for me because I had the safety net of all the savings that I had saved because we yeah. were going to buy an apartment. Yeah. And I had no work. So it opened up this whole space for things I've been wanting to do that I never had the time right. to get out of the hamster wheel for. Well, you know, I think that's great that you you took something that could have either made you spiral into a very deep depression or use it to do something else that you are passionate about. You know, it's, it's like you said, it's either looking at the glass half empty or half full. And so in that year, that's when you wrote the book. Yeah. And I had started actually right before the pandemic because winters are kind of slow for me anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'd already started in the winter when I don't have much work and then I was able to finish it off because everything closed. And um, yeah. I took the self-publishing route just because I felt I needed to get my story out as soon as possible. Um, a lot of people were like, you should go to a publisher. I could still technically go to a publisher and try, but the book was never about making money for me or being famous or anything like that. It was just, I had a voice and I wanted to share it and I wanted yeah. people to see a different side of moving here and what it takes and what it can yeah. take. Um, so it was never about anything but that for me. Yeah. And I mean, so, I mean, the nice thing about, um, uh, lots of people when they move to Paris or they think about France or Paris, they do have these rose colored glasses on and I think people are very shocked at uh like you said living here is not like being on vacation you know mm -hmm. it's 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 a really challenging thing to start a life in Paris one it's a very expensive city yeah extremely expensive so lots of artists want to come here which it's hard to make money doing art and all of that stuff and when you know a studio apartment costs like 900 bucks you know <laughs> it 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 really everything really starts to add up you know when you're living in um yeah in a place like Paris so if 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 let's say you know someone is thinking about sort of moving abroad as an artist you know maybe has similar talents as you what would you say have been some of the things that really helped you, you know, get your projects off the ground, um, to give you confidence to, to, to keep going and putting yourself out there and how you, you know, mm -hmm. and I think, and I think the last thing would maybe how you managed your money, because this is a, this is a huge thing for a lot of artists is managing money is really difficult. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was nice when I heard you say, like, I had saved all of this money. I had did this and this allowed me to do that. Cause I think money management is a huge, um, important component of being successful when you're living abroad alone. Like you really kind of know, got to know how to watch those pennies. So if you could just give us some insight. On yeah. Those yeah. Things. 
Yeah, definitely. So I think like resources and how to succeed is like it goes back to networking. Um, also, I was doing a lot of my own research on the internet of finding other people I could work with, how we could cross promote right. each other. Um, also offering like, you know, rewarding past customers, offering discounts. Social media was right. huge for me using Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, it's all about authenticity. So whether you're an artist or a car salesman, you know, like you have to show yeah. your face and, and prove that, you know, here I am, this is what I am. And I think a lot of us struggle with like, oh, what if people don't like me? Or what if I sound stupid? Or what if I do this, that? But at the end of the day, people forget yeah. you in five minutes anyway. So you get to you start over to every day. Keep on your face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the right people are going to yeah. connect with you that you need. Not everyone's going to like you. And once you get over that, then fine, yeah. you know, like whatever. But you're, the people that do like you are your customers. So you just need to put yourself out there to see who those people are sure. and who you're connecting with. And you might even really surprise yourself. Um, and then as far as money management goes, like I grew up like super poor, like our family didn't right. have much ma- money. Um, and I think I came from a place of like, save, you know, be careful. The money's not going to be there. I was like a place of scarcity, really. Which uh, now I'm thankful for, and I'm trying to grow out of that mentality a little bit because you don't want to live completely in scarcity mode. But I'm also somebody who, like I lived in an apartment. I could have had a nicer apartment, but I lived in a smaller, cheaper apartment because I like to take a lot of vacations. So for me, I was never home and I thought, okay, well, I can save money in that way. Um, and also like every business book you read, they say you should have one yes. year's salary yes. saved, uh, just one of the for, tips I you know, yep. things like a it's pandemic. Like you should have one year of salary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I had a, I had a year's salary and it was really comforting. And, and still today, like during the pandemic, I definitely got nervous because that yeah, salary yeah, was going out quick. the door. I mean, we moved into a bigger double the price apartment when we didn't have right. jobs. And I thought, this is this is me challenging myself once more to be like, how can yeah, I find other yeah. ways to make money? How can I survive? And we need this comfort since we're locked in our houses. We might as well have a nice place yeah. to be locked up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's really saving is so important. I always like to have at least 20 grand saved somewhere. And once I start digging into that money, I'm like, it's time to downgrade my right. life in other ways, whether it's moving or not eating out or not taking vacation or whatever. You just... As money changes, yeah, you have that. to change. As money changes, you have to change because that is absolutely true. Like sometimes I think some people have a difficult time adapting to adapting their lifestyle when they're trying to achieve something. Like there are there there are gonna be times mm. when you can go away and vacations and eat out and drink and 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 buy you know, and buy all the stuff that you want. But normally when you're getting your business off the ground or your projects off the ground, or if your business takes a hit for some reason, you know, unforeseen reasons, right? Like, and you know, what I, Mm -hmm. what I tell a lot of people working for themselves, like you said, it's good to have a year's savings and because you can't predict the future, you could get sick you could have a parent yeah. who gets sick. There could be a pandemic. There could be a million reasons why, especially if you're the only person running your business, that if something if something needs you that pulls you out of running your business every day, you really have to have the foresight. Like, what would I do if an emergency showed up? How can I still survive? And 
you know, my business not completely fall apart if I had to step away from it for Mm -hmm. a while. So I think that's some excellent advice. It's the same advice that I give people that you really have to be prepared for the ups and downs of being um, an entrepreneur and a free, you know, and a freelancer. It's not always straightforward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Yeah, you really have to adjust. And and me and my husband even talked about multiple times, like, let's go move to some cheap country. Like, let's move to Poland for a year, you know, because we can live for, you know, much less there than in Paris when we're not working. And now that work yeah. is coming back, I feel a little safer. But for a moment, I was like, maybe I do need to leave Paris because, like I said, I thought this would be a two-month thing, and then you know it was much yeah. longer. Yeah. Yeah, but your husband—he's Italian, right? Yeah. And Italy is. You ever thought about going to? Italy? Yeah, we've thought about Italy as well. It's definitely much cheaper as well, and I love Italy. It's like beautiful. Yeah. Um, I would be like 200 pounds if I, I was know. Italy. That's the issue as well. I feel like 200 pounds from living through a pandemic. I'm like, I gotta lose that weight. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me in Italy, like pasta is just like, dude, is... dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. It's like, I just don't think I could manage. It's like, I get in and out of Italy. I love visiting, but I'm like, okay, <laughs> if I eat anymore, I really think I'm going to come back from this vacation a different Can't size. control myself. Well, Crystal, I, you know, it has been, these 25 minutes have just flown by. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your and your pearls of wisdom but I want you to give I just want to give you a minute to to tell everyone what you're doing now if they're looking for you know a photographer and I know you also run um sometimes you do some writing workshops Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah. I've been doing online courses I've actually just developed a course about how to start your own photography business so that will be coming out in January it's a video course that you can do at your own speed that I teach you everything about how to build your business from the ground up. Um, and then I also have a podcast nice. called Levy Creative, which you mentioned. And uh, it's all about finding your creative side, connecting with the many artists inside you that brings you joy. So I interview a lot of local people mm. for that, local creatives. And then you can pick up my book on Amazon. It's called Paris, A Life Less Ordinary. Um, and it's available anywhere in any country on Amazon and delivered straight to your door. And if you want to follow me on social media, I am Miss Paris Photo, M-I-S-S, Paris Photo, one word. And you can connect with me for photo shoots there as well. Okay, well, great. Well, thank you. So I would like to just really say this was awesome. And um, I would like to, for, so for anyone who, who didn't get those uh, contact details for Crystal, you'll be able to find all of those in the description on also on all my social media channels. So you'll find it on WRP, also on Instagram at mondayyoungcoaching.com and the same for Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So you can all, it's all there and I will make sure all Crystal's contact information is there should you want to get in touch with her for a photo shoot or for learning how to start writing using your creativity. So I thank you all for listening and we look forward to speaking with you next time. 